I just have one thing to say. Hang on here. Everybody, welcome to episode 183 of the RJ America podcast. I'm your host, in the place of me, Mr. Jacob P. And standing not right across from me, you'll see right across from me on the YouTube is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I put a little cute picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin there. But to my digital left, my brother in Christ, the Brown Recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. What's up, motherfuckers? Um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, guys, welcome to the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. Um, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com, type in America at checkout. But before you do that, make sure to check out their entire inventory of coffee beans, hats, the hibiscus tea is delicious. I need to get some more of that hibiscus tea. That is amazing tea. Um, but check it all out. And then, you know, once you find what you want, uh, make sure that you... Type in America to receive that 15% off. That will not only help you save money, but it helps the podcast make money. And we really appreciate that. Also, if you could take a picture of yourself drinking the tea or wearing the shirts or wearing the hat and tagging us, tagging them, we would greatly appreciate that. Yes. And uh, speaking of sponsors, please make sure you check out our other sponsors. Guys, the great and powerful El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. Right here in front of me, I got two extreme uh, variant flavors here. I got um, to my right here, I got the Triple X, which is their spiciest, probably Art's favorite um, hot sauce from El Yucateco. Yeah, I love uh, the Triple X. It's got a super good flavor to it. You can literally put that on anything and it'll make it taste better. You can put this on Brussels sprouts and it'll be a gourmet dish. Mwah. Um, but then also, too, if you can't handle some spice, um, I highly recommend to you know all of our listeners that you know reached out to us and said, you know, I love El Yucateco. It's just very spicy. I say, you know what? No problem. Check out one of their other um, flavors, which is the jalapeno that I have right here. Um, not that spicy at all. Uh, one of our longtime listeners, sometimes guests, uh, Jesus, he came through. I hooked him up with a bottle. 
as well as some merch um, because he is doing the Lord's work by tagging us and tagging L.U. Protecto in all of his posts. So I hooked him up with a shirt, with some glasses, with some pins, with some socks, all the sources of swag for doing the Lord's work, which I will do for you guys as well if you share your posts as well on you know the Instagrams or Twitters and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I gave him a whole bottle of the jalapeno because he says, you know what, I can't really handle the spice. So I gave him that and he's been a fucking fan ever since he put that shit in his fucking, um, grape jelly. And that's what he has every morning on his toast. So guys, make sure you go wherever they sell food and get yourself some El Yucateco. And now officially as well, just like with caveman coffee, enter promo code do America at the El Yucateco shop and you'll save yourself 10% off of what ever you buy there so if you're living in a weird part of america or you know uh, north korea or australia or cambodia or the bermuda triangle and you can't get yourself some el yucateco just go on the website enter promo code do america and you'll you'll get yourself a 10 percent discount and like art said it'll help us and it'll help yourself so guys with that said we have a very special episode this week Kind of um, one of the pillars of this podcast um, where we get a little political. And actually, our very first episode, which was named Pinche Trump, um, we kind of see it coming full circle today. Um, and our, I'll let you jump into the topic today. But today, obviously, you guys, we're talking about the 2020 election. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very special episode in the sense that you're right. That was our very first topic. And that was the big topic that was going on. Like Trump had just been elected. Uh, I think we must have done it like right after his inauguration, Mm -hmm. because that's when like women were protesting in the streets. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, we come full circle and, and there was a lot of anxiety going into this election just because I think that I don't want to say that Biden isn't a polarizing candidate, but He's not Barack Obama and he wasn't Bernie Sanders and he wasn't any one of those guys. But you but the majority of people, um, not only like Democrats, but like moderate Republicans and just people with common sense would all agree that he's probably the lesser of the two evils Uh um, or, you know, politic on the political spectrum. Um, And so there was that hope that this guy could like the election and uh, coming into this Tuesday, it really, you know, as I said on the Patreon, if you guys want to go back and listen to the Patreon, like I recently started a new job and at that new job, you know, you're feeling out who your coworkers are and all that hoopla. So um, a very naive thing for me to do is just assume that like younger people are going to be more liberal minded. Um, so to have like the younger people in there going like, oh man, tr- tr- like, like just voted for Trump and all this stuff. And like having these very like pro Trump, uh, pro Trump mentality was like fucking nuts to me. But I was like, okay, like whatever. Uh, for me, like, you know, most people going into the election right off the bat, it looked like Trump was winning most States, but it looked like Florida and Texas kind of a glimmer of hope because it looked like they were very split 50 50 and maybe if he won texas and he won what he needed to win that was going to be enough so i felt optimistic but also felt really down about like this election um just because i thought there was a big possibility that biden could lose it yeah and i think my girlfriend was very like 
I don't want to say negative, but she was like, he's going to lose. Like, it already looks like he's going to lose. It's going to be Hillary Clinton all over again. And, like, that anxiety was just, like, building up in me. Like, oh, man, like, it's it's not looking good. Doesn't look like he's going to win Pennsylvania. Doesn't look like he's going to win Georgia. Or Ohio, too. Like, I remember, like, in the beginning of the night, like, when they started to release results, like, Biden, like, all of a sudden, like, was, like, ahead of on all these states. And I remember, um, you know, later on in the night watching, you know, the votes come in, him losing Ohio, which is always like an important swing state because I believe it's like there's like 20 votes there because you have three major cities there, you know, in Cincinnati, Cleveland and Columbus. You know, those are two, three major hubs, you know, and as soon as it went red and Trump was winning Pennsylvania, he was winning Michigan, he was winning Wisconsin, all these places at the polls you know, had, you know, Biden winning by, by, you know, large numbers in the previous weeks, which we saw with, you know, in 2016, like, you know, Hillary was supposed to blow Trump out of the water again, like you said, wasn't happening. And it was just like, oh shit, you know, here it comes again. Here's 2016 all over again. And it's not because we, we said it multiple times during this podcast, art more so than myself, where it's just like, you're not a homer for the democratics Democrats at all. Like that's a really, one thing I want to make clear, but I do think that when you recognize that there's somebody like a Donald Trump that is a separationalist that, you know, has done more to divide this country than to bring us together. Like you want to see that person out of office. And a big thing that's been my opposition to Trump since he announced that he was running for president is that he wanted to dismantle, you know, provisions within the affordable health care act. That was going to take away, you know, the rights for people who have pre-existing conditions uh, to be able to obtain, you know, healthcare coverage. You know, where an insurance company couldn't deny you just because you had a pre-existing condition. That's big for me because I have a mom who has all of the lung conditions, all of the pre-existing conditions for her lung. She has one lung, and the first time she was able to obtain healthcare is once you know the Affordable Healthcare Act came into play. And so that's very big for me because it was the first time in my mom's life that she had health care coverage was under, you know, Barack Obama. And to see this man come in and just dismantle it was like like I took I took the whole Donald Trump presidency, you know, very personally. And then you see him day in and day out, you know, like when, you know, we had, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, just tear gassing his own people so he can hold the bible upside down in front of a church where the bishop said that she he did not have permission to do that in front of that church a guy that presents himself as a christian but displays no fruits of the spirit you know any real christian would be able to recognize that and that you know there's a segment of the population that was so what's the word i'm searching for but so enriched by his presidency, like a hateful sector of the population, you know, I'll call them, there's, they're fake Christians. Um, You know, there's racists within that population. There's bigots. There's just horrible people. We saw it here in Bakersfield where they called it a Trump train. You actually texted me where, you know, they started on our side of town and drove, I believe it was like something like 14 miles down this freeway that we have 178. And I believe there was like thousands of like lifted trucks with like Trump flags and, you know, blue lives matter flags. And, you know, I would get all this, um, you know, feedback from people that were on the roads that day saying that they were driving people off the road, 
you know, they were, you know, flipping people off. They were throwing beer cans at people's cars. You know, my girlfriend, she does insurance. Like she had to take so many claims the next Monday morning just because, you know, there was like these people, these this Trump train that was causing damage to people's vehicles and whatnot. And it's, it's like despicable behavior. And it was almost forgiven, you know, by the Trump supporters and like we have this great division in our country and i know i do know yeah there was rioters during like those black black lives matter protests but I, i'll say for myself and many other libertards out there we disavowed that behavior we even said that when we had fred Wall on from bad rabbits that like hey like don't go out there and write if you're gonna protest do it peacefully but writing only fucking you know helps the other side the opposition to look down upon us and there was none of that disavowment. It was just like, well, the dude, the, the doing it in the name of Donald Trump. And it was just like, that guy just had to leave and to see it that night, you know, last Tuesday, 2020 was just like, Oh my God, we're going to have to endure four more years of that was just giving me like crippling anxiety to the point where it's just like, I'm not even going to watch the news anymore. I think I made a Facebook post where it's like, I'm just going to watch the Godfather. It, it just like, you know, to submerge myself in great art for a while because it's just like I can't I can't deal with another four years of this bullshit. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I because I see that's one of the things I see online a lot about, especially now like from conservative friends that I have that are like posting like, oh now we're gonna riot because we don't like what's going on, all this stuff. And one of the things that I, I do want to have you know very clear divide is there's a difference between not liking on what's going on. For the most part, the majority of people uh, didn't like what Donald Trump was doing. That, but there's a difference between that and also like seeing someone being murdered on like television. Yeah. Uh, for like basically like selling cigarettes or being a teenage black man or like being a teenage teenage black young man. Like it just like there's a difference in that and like being like scared to like be around a police officer. And I think that that's the kind of that's the kind of anxiety and fear that leads to riots. It's not just, I don't like that. It's I'm afraid. Like I'm afraid that you guys don't, don't have my best interest in mind. Um, so I, I do think that there's a difference and I don't want people to like, cause I see that argument online a lot of like, you know, like people gather today in Bakersfield to like pray for Trump. And like people oh. were, people were saying things like, well, at least they're not looting and vandalizing. And it's like, yeah, but no one's been murdered. It's not like yeah. went out there and like murdered, like started killing like white people or something like that. Like it's a completely different argument. It's a completely different thing. And it's like people need to like it's it's just such a completely it's apples and oranges and people want to make it into one thing and it's 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 not. Yeah, it it really isn't. But yeah, I mean th this I would say that the twenty twenty was like a year of full of like fears and people's like anxieties coming to life with the coronavirus and people seeing the mis mishandling of 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 this virus really from from our government from the united states government and luckily we live in california where like you know we have real leadership here yeah in, in my opinion and i know yeah. a lot of people don't feel that way but in my opinion we have real leadership here that wasn't it's not like it's 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 not so much like as much as I you know I said this on the Patreon like I want to go back to a normal life I want to go see the movies I want to go like back to Disneyland I want to things but I completely understand why we're not doing that 
And I feel like that's part of the, like the social contract that we have. Like there is a give and take, like I, I can't go to Disneyland because there's a virus going on yeah. that hurts other people. Not necessarily me, maybe me. I don't know. Like depends on like what the virus is into, but like, yeah. Um, but you know, you have to, you have to follow those rules and people aren't following those rules. And in California, it's a little more strict than like, you know, you have to you take things away. It looks like, you know, I was just watching the, the bears Titans game and they were playing in, um, in Nashville and like Nashville, it was like almost like a full stadium. And it was like kind of ridiculous. I was like, damn, like they're just letting that many people go to, to games like that. Cause people just don't have the restrictions. Like they don't have the self-control to be like, Hey, there's a virus going on. Like maybe I shouldn't do these things and maybe I should wear a mask more often. It's, it's, you know, for me, I do feel like lucky that California and we have those restrictions here. It's like a little bit more of a, you know, science driven, yeah, <laughs> uh, like state than other states that like, you know, we're taking care of our, our own shit here and like not just letting faith to decide <laughs> as opposed yeah. to like si- what science is telling us. Correct. And you do see like that split in, you know, here in California, like you said, like we're more restricted here, but before with good reason, you know, as soon as spikes start to go up, you know, those restrictions start to go in place just because it's just like, we don't want to be in a place where like, you know, you have all these people in hospitals. You don't want to have all these people, uh, you know, with people missing at their dinner table to borrow a line from, you know, Biden. Uh, but like I said, at the beginning of this episode, I have a mom who's a me- whose immune system is compromised you know i don't want to know what that life is like right now especially with a brand new baby that she fucking absolutely adores having her you know possibly pass away from that because she already has to deal with that with the common flu or common cold but we do see that here in california where it's just like we have a governor who's willing to say like hey we got to do what we got to do tighten our belts for a little bit until we can get over this hump and it sucks that the economy is taking a nose drive it sucks that people have lost their jobs but like we're putting things into place that so we can fix that. But at the same time, we have a president who's putting selfish needs first before people's health. And I think that to me is like what helped put Biden over the hump a little bit too. just the whole cavalier attitude towards, you know, a, a global pandemic. You know, you know, Trump's going around the country having these like super spreader events. I believe uh, Stanford released some kind of statistic that, you know, 20,000 people had contracted coronavirus from these super spreader events, you know, that wouldn't have, you know, if they didn't go to a Trump rally or, you know, the fact that, you know, we could have been over this hump so much faster if there was, if he didn't create so much division and, I'm not just saying that cavalierly at all, but because when you watch his press releases, it's always like, oh, it's the Democrats fault. It's oh, it's this person's fault. It's Nancy Pelosi's fault. It's Chuck Schumer's fault. You know, as the president, you know, you got to be able to take responsibility. And I don't think there's ever been one time during these last four years that Donald Trump has ever said like, oh, my bad. You know, I should have done this. He's always been in the right. And it's always somebody else's fault that, you know, something didn't get done. And I think people are getting tired of that. You know, I believe Truman was the one that said, you know, the buck stops here where with Donald Trump, those rules don't apply. Like it's like you're seeing it. He's getting blown out of the water in the election and he's still like, you know, throwing out conspiracy theories that, 
oh, I'm not really losing. You know, if you take away all the legal votes, you know, I win in a landslide. And he's refusing to concede. And to me, like, it's just like people are getting sick of that because that's not how a leader acts. You know, you, a real leader is going to be able to take the L and be mature enough to know, like, okay, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up the whole, like, legal boats thing. Um, and we've covered a ton of conspiracy theories on this podcast. Like, I don't want to say, like, we're experts in the way conspiracy theories work. But for the most part, like, we but we're kind of our experts <laughs> now. Yeah, but but like you see the the blueprint to a conspiracy theory. Like you see the the is it possible? Like yes or no? Is it uh, is there like evidence? Mostly there really isn't that many evidence, but it's definitely possible. Like you know, a lot of times conspiracy theories like range from like five G to like the fluoride one. Like they're two different things. So like five G, I would say that there's like no like evidence really like there's nothing there besides the fact that 5g is a real thing and then everything else is like bullshit and like then you have something like fluoride where it's like yeah there's science behind it but the science is really inconclusive so a lot of people like fill in the blanks themselves and like whatever like so this one feels like the whole like like fraud ballots and like people bringing in more ballots and like finding ballots and like all these things like there's been no evidence of this there's yeah. like people would just buy into it just because you know it's this is this is queuing on like part two right now like, these are the yeah. same the same people are doing this are the same like people that were on the queuing on train that are, are, are they are going to go down with the ship uh those are also the same people that terrify the shit out of me um just because i feel like we are those people and like their mentality and the state of the country um as far as economics go, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of suffering right now because of COVID and are probably at the point of like, just fuck it. Like let's blow up a building. kind of thing. Yeah. Like it does scare me a little bit. Um, just because I, I can see how if, you know, Trump doesn't step down and like acknowledge that he lost the election, uh, people are going to buy into that and like maybe go do some extremely crazy thing. Like we haven't, people are gathering in New York celebrating and that's great. I understand the, the excitement, but at the same time, I feel like, Hey, maybe go home. So there's not like some fucking mass shooting type scenario here. Right. <laughs> Cause like, that's what I, that's honestly, like, I feel like, you know, 2020 is still what two months away from ending. And I still feel like we have a little bit of more room for strategy strategy yeah. in this, this uh, year. The, the swan song hasn't finished yet yeah you know, to say the least and you're absolutely right and dave Chappelle he hosted saturday night live uh last night again which he did four years previously like when trump got elected and that was a very powerful episode as well as this week was pretty good as well um but he mentioned that too where he was talking about you know coronavirus was a blessing because there hasn't been that many mass shootings but at the same time as soon as you know the lockdowns end you know, those crazy people, you know, they're still going to have those same frustrations. And like when I saw that yesterday, you know, people in Baltimore, people in D.C., people in Atlanta, you know, people in L.A., people all over, all over, you know, that are just relieved that, you know, looks like right now what definitely Trump is going to be out of office. You know, they're celebrating, but it lends itself to that other side. There's always the other side of the coin. And that other side of the coin is that you're gonna, you have 70 million people that voted for Donald Trump that are, you know, feeling how we felt four years ago. And, you know, 
like on our side, like I mentioned before, you know, we, you know, during those Black Lives Matter protests, you did have some rioters, you know, were they a part of the peaceful protest? No, they were just knuckleheads that were, you know, trying to come up on some Jordans. You still, you're going to have those people on the right who are going to be like, well, fuck it. You know, my guy didn't win. The Democrats are hoarding children in underground bunkers and, you know, draining them for their adrenochrome. And QAnon says that I got to kill every one of these motherfuckers because they're traitors to the union. And you're going to have these like gun toning fucking race truck motherfuckers going out there. And I could totally see before the inauguration in January, you know, them taking out, you know, some of these people in, in these celebrations. And they actually, and that actually even happened. I believe it was in LA. They stopped a mass shooting from happening. There was a, a kid that was getting ready to shoot a bunch of protests or not protesters, celebrators in LA. That was in the LA times. They, they, the LAPD stopped that. Yeah. I mean, to me, the whole thing is terrifying. Um, where was it? It was it in Michigan, like the governor of Michigan, there was like a plot to kidnap the governor. Like that's yeah. a real thing. And the fact that the president of the United States does like nothing, but like barely acknowledge the fact that his supporters are these extremes um, is pretty disgusting. Not only yeah. that, but you know, when they did the debates, the whole famous thing about, they asked him like, are you willing to, to um uh not what are the like the the proud boys or whatever like they were supporting trump or whatever and then there, he, he does the famous line of like proud boys stand back and stand down like yeah that to me is like disgusting that's not a world leader doing that that's that's so close to like a tyrant like we're we're people are afraid like that's not even a political move that's 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 a very scary movement that's like some white supremacist type of thing that you know you, you can't as a world leader, you, you can't have that on, on your record of like being okay with, and yeah. he can make his arguments of like, yeah, I'm not okay with it, whatever. But like, but what like, if like, what if Biden would have said during like those debates, what if he would have said the other side of the coin? What if he would have said like Antifa stand back or stand back or what was the fucking thing to stand down? Sorry guys. I got a fucking major cold right now. So I'm feeling like shit. <laughs> But uh, like, what if he said something like that? Like if he said something similar to what Trump said about the Pat Proud Boys, but with Antifa, you know, the whole fucking right wing would have lost their fucking proverbial shit. And like, I wouldn't have fucking stood by that statement. Like that's the, to me, that's the difference. Like, I don't want Antifa going out and fucking up, you know, fucking little little Arkansas or little fucking little town, fucking Nashville or whatever, or Tennessee or whatever, just because, you know, fucking let's cause chaos and shit. But that's what Trump is doing when he said that with the Proud Boys. Like, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, if I don't win this election, cause chaos. And you even see it, too, like with in Arizona, where you had all of those people, I guess Proud Boys, I don't know. Uh, but Trump supporters outside of, like, the elections office in Arizona, you know, demanding them that they stop counting or I don't know what it was, stop counting or do count. Like, they couldn't make up their mind. But demanding that they be let into that elections office. And here you have American citizens. All they're doing is counting ballots, you know, doing their doing a service, really, because some of them are volunteers. You know, you have Democrats and Republicans working hand in hand to bring us democracy. And they're demanding to, you know, watch over their shoulders. And it's just like, wait, hold on. First of all, you don't need that many people to do that. Second of all, all of this is being live streamed on the Internet. Most state officials, most county officials will live stream that for you. The process is very transparent. You know, uh, each administration can assign 
a person to watch over, you know, the process, you know, on the Democratic side as well as the Republican side. And so it's just like this whole notion that, oh, they're rigging the election. It's just like it's speaking to the dumb because it's just like if you're willing to ignore all the facts out there and only see what this knucklehead is saying, like that's that's scary. That that shows that shows you how um, uneducated and persuaded people are by this fucking cult that was the Donald Trump administration. Yeah, I mean, it really does feel like that dude that gets broken up with and like can't get over it. Yeah, and like keeps showing up to like the girl's house kind of thing, even though like like the police now need to get called. Like, hey, Billy, like you need to get over her kind of thing. Like, yeah. it really feels like that. Like. Like they just don't, they refuse to let go of these scenarios. And like, I was thinking like, you know, in 2016, when Hillary Clinton lost, like it was pretty clear. And like, everybody was still very like, uh, you know, um, very uh, presidential about everything. Like even Barack Obama, like the power of transfer to him was like, yeah. they walked hand in hand and he wrote him a letter and all this stuff. And like, it was it was kind of what you would expect from a world leader. This doesn't feel like it's going to be that. It's going to be like some completely like violent transfer of power. In my opinion, I think that like we're still in for a long 2020. Like I think it's going to be a very like dark Christmas. In my opinion, yeah, I, I think we're in for a very dark Christmas. How do you see that? Like that 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 playing out with like the transfer of power where you know like you said like you know you could tell Barack Obama didn't want to you know give up all that he worked for to Trump but he did it he did it very civilly did it very fucking politely he did he did all the right things and we cannot expect that from Donald Trump but will he do that for Biden like how do you see that playing out with, with the inauguration in January so the way I see it is, and the reason why I'm so scared of it is you don't see other Republican, like big wigs, you know, our local boy here is very much on the back of Trump saying like, oh yeah, no, like he has a right. We're going to sue. We're going to figure it out. We're going to win this thing. Like they're not giving it up really besides McRomney, Rick McRomney and uh, Bush W. Bush. Like, those are really the only two big Republicans that have come out and said, like, hey, congratulations, Biden. Like, we look forward to working with you. And, like, we look forward to, like, making this country better and all this stuff. Everybody else, like, every representative, like, refuses to say anything. Because, I don't know, maybe it's political suicide to come out against Trump. Uh-huh. And that's that's the part that scares me, that it's, like, these are people that are in my opinion, should be like well-educated and common sense people that are like in office and they're refusing to come out and say that. And some of them themselves subscribe to things like QAnon and like these crazy conspiracies and all this stuff. And then some of them ran on those platforms as well, which is also terrifying that we have people in office that believe things now. Um, and that's why I think that if you look at like, those are the rational people, the people that are underneath them and like less rational, like the people, that voted for them and like the dudes that are like walking around with like full on fully automatics and like their camo like they just got called into service to play in call of duty or some shit yeah like those are the dudes and they're like the guards at like the fucking GameStop and shit yeah (laughs) yeah like those are the dudes oh they remind me like you remember sandrini's there's a bar there's a local bar here called sandrini's and they had a bouncer there 
And like <laughs> that dude kept showing up with like his own fucking uh, handcuffs and baton. And they kept telling him, like, hey, man, you can't do that anymore. Like legally, you can't carry that stuff. Yeah. They eventually I remember that I was there when they fired him. They were like, no, you can't do that. Go home. And he was like, oh, but they're mine. Like, it was so funny, dude. But anyways, yeah. that dude reminds me of like these dudes that are all like walking around with their AKs and bullshit, like trying to act like tough guys. Yeah. When like they're just people fucking counting in a building, like fucking like grandma's counting boats. Yeah. So like it's like all intimidation at this point. I think like last night, me and my girlfriend were walking for like at fucking home goods, getting scented candles and shit. And like we see like all these like Trump supporters like driving by with like giant lifted trucks, and it's just like, what's the point of this? Like it's it's all just like an intimidation tactic, in my opinions. At this point, that's what it is. But I do think that it's like the minute that he continues, if this goes into Friday, I think it's it's very much likely that shit's gonna start getting bad, and like maybe someone's gonna shoot, and all of a sudden, like the minute violence pops off like it's maybe not in california but you know like in i look at georgia as a very like interesting state because that's a state that pretty much atlanta won one bite in the state yeah the rest of the state is very conservative and um i could see how like in a place like atlanta or philadelphia like bad things might happen very quickly in places like that yeah, because it's traditionally a fucking red state and it got flipped, you know, blue. And shout out to um, Stacey Abrams. She, I, I read something that she signed up 800,000 people to vote. And I think that was like the tipping point for, you know, Biden getting elected is that hard grassroots work that she put in because she almost won governor two years ago in the 2018 uh, midterm elections. And uh, she was like, you know, out there, you know, trying to get, you know, more people to register to vote. Cause I think she lost only by like, like a 2% margin or something like that. And so shout out to her with that. But like, you're absolutely right. Like I can totally see a situation. Like if it's inauguration day, you know, intentions are high and let's say Trump says some bullshit, like fucking stand down or whatever, like, or <laughs> fuck, I forget the fucking thing. But if he says some bullshit, like fucking, you know, stand back and stand down until he says like you know go go out wild out i can see fucking you know there potentially being like a mini civil war down in georgia oh shit looks like i lost art hold on guys by the way guys um the reason why we're not recording here locally right now is because i have a fucking cold i woke up and i was super scared that i might have corona so <laughs> let me get art back here in the conversation <laughs> there we go. Woo. Can you hear me? Yeah. You, did you get your power back? No, this is my phone. Power is still out. That was so random, dude. I never, I'd never seen that happen before. It looked like the power came back for like a split second, and then it like died, and I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> so like, so yeah, I, don't, I can't even record on my laptop right now because there's no internet. God damn it. Let me just plug my phone into my laptop so I can charge from my laptop. My okay. phone's fine, but I just don't want it to die while we're recording. Yeah, that's smart. Oh, wait. I can't even do that because I have my headphones plugged in. All right. I have enough power in there. All right, cool. All right. So I'll just I'll... hold it. Yeah, so we were talking about um, 
by the way, guys, our power went out, so <laughs> our our uh, stream got cut. Uh, but basically, we're talking about how um, you know the transfer of power. Uh, we're kind of scared about that because you know a place like you know Georgia, you know where you know it's a traditionally red state, very conservative state. But you know, shout out to Stacey Abrams. Uh, she's actually signed up uh, or registered 800,000 people in the state of Georgia to uh, vote for the very first time. And a lot of those votes went to Biden. And I could totally see a situation where if, you know, Trump said, you know, something like, you know, with the Proud Boys or something like that, like go get them or whatever. There being like a mini civil war out there in Georgia. Yeah, I that's really what I'm afraid of. And and, you know, I mentioned Atlanta and Pennsylvania or uh, yeah, Atlanta and Philadelphia, like those two being like hotspots. But I, I definitely think like, you know, Bakersfield is just as divided. Like Bakersfield is like very much like what the rest of the country looks like in the sense that like, um, I always think of it this way. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of like things like Tool and like prog metal stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, like those aren't the big sellers. Like the big sellers are like Three Days Grace and like Kid <laughs> Rock and like Five Finger Death Punch. Like you know and but at the same time like i don't know anybody who listens to that but at the same time like those are big bands like so there's definitely a fan base for that and i feel like th- that fan base is the fan base that's like stepping up right now and like being very loud and being very proud of supporting trump and like even though like i don't see them all day and i'm, I'm very kind of jaded because i I've, I've kind of like just believe that they don't exist yeah like they very much exist and like they're very much like my neighbors and like my coworkers and all this shit. And like, um, you know, I, I could see how it, it, it can get, it's, I think it's going to get very ugly. I, I told you and Eric, like we have our, still our group chat that we keep in contact with. And I thought like, man, it, it is going to get like ugly in my opinion. Like if, if Biden wins and he won. And so like I do still stand by that. I think that it's probably going to get pretty ugly with Trump supporters, if he does not stand down, like within the end of this week, I think it's going to get very bad. And you do hear like the rumblings of like, I, I saw on the news on Fox news, coincidentally, like Jared Kushner and even Melania saying like, Hey, like pushing him to like, Hey, you need to concede. And those are like, I mean, theoretically, those are like the two closest people like in his life. I mean, Jared Kushner is like the de facto, um, he pretty much runs the organization or runs the administration. And then like Melania is his wife, you know, that's his better half. If you got those two people telling you, you like, you need to like just do the right thing and concede. Like you need to do that because it's just like, you're going to create more chaos. You know, like you said, the longer that this plays out. Yeah. You think he actually listens to Melania though? I, no. I feel like he doesn't. I don't think no. he really cares about Melania. I don't think that that's like a marriage. Like it, what we, could traditionally call a marriage it's more like just like a trophy wife kind of scenario and i don't mean that to be disrespectful to her but like the dude is like in his 70s and she's like 45 or something like yeah like so it's like maybe not even that i don't know how old she is but like it's a total like trophy wife scenario i don't think he respects her the way like an average marriage goes but like the fact that like jared kushner is like the voice of reason and like the dude's like not even like like what is he in the administration he's like his daughter's husband like yeah like it doesn't really make sense why like these people are like getting a voice in the administration and let we're led to believe that they're his like 
more rational voice in his ear when in reality it's like you know he's not gonna do that there's still like been speculation that he has ties to like russian like some russian involvement whether it be some like weird like he, prostitutes peeing on him video or something like that that like he'll refuse to like let that video come out or something like that or maybe it's like some like you know real estate investment thing that like they have money tied into him you know one thing really quickly while that comes up like you know that's a whole like conspiracy that nobody ever really talks about but at the same time it's like um like he's never released his taxes it was like that that debate was like a couple of weeks ago. He's like, Oh, we're a few days away and our, my taxes will be right out. And like, it never came out. It's already been like three weeks. That dude's taxes never came out. I, I in my opinion, I really do feel like he is hiding something. And like, I, I think that that's a big reason why those taxes don't come out. But, yeah. um, cause he did say something about like how he prepaid taxes. Like, you know, like, which is, which is true. You can do that. Like, He's like, I paid millions and millions of taxes. I prepaid those taxes. And I think like that's just like something that he learned about before the debate and just started saying because he's like, oh, I'm going to be one step ahead of you by saying that. But it's just like if that was the scenario, why don't you just say that like four years ago? Like we've been asking for those taxes. If this is just a conspiracy theory and I'm, I'm pretty much I hate conspiracy theories. And, and if you don't want that bad conspiracy theory about you out there, why don't you just say that from the jump as opposed to waiting four years to say it? But he's had a tradition of doing that bullshit where like he drags shit out like that. Like the whole like I started this whole podcast talking about how like, you know, the whole, you know, Affordable Care Act, he wants to dismantle that, you know, and dismantle that provision about people with uh, preexisting conditions. He keeps it's from jump from the date of his inauguration. He said that, oh, you know, within a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a new health care plan. It's going to be a beautiful health care plan. You know, everybody's going to be protected and all this stuff. And he's been saying that for the last four years, and it still hasn't come out. He still doesn't have a plan. His only plan is, is to dismantle everything that Barack Obama set into place, whether it was good or bad. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that I don't understand how people can still support him. Like, nothing that he said has come to to fruition. Like, he never he didn't build a wall. He only built like two miles of it, like some ridiculous little number like that. And he, he took didn't... money from the military to do it. Yeah. He, so he didn't do any of that. Um, and that was like one of his big promises. The other big promise that I think is really strange is like his whole drain the swamp promise that he had. Like that was really interesting just because it was if you look at like his his cabinet and like all of his advisors, like these are all like washington insiders there's yeah. there's no like they're all like giuliani he's it's not like it's not like he's like some underground dude that dude was like the most high pro uh high profile guy in like new york for the longest time and he was also running for president like you know like there, there is no draining the swamp like if you just put your buddies in there like yeah. that you're just it nothing he said came true like everything was just like bullshit that just kind of kept going on there were a few like little things he did that were like that that were good that he did but they, for the most part like nothing nothing outstanding everything everything bad that he's done really has outshined anything good that he's done and like we look at this country and it's really divided and it's really scary to be like uh be like 
a person of color. I can't even imagine being like a black transgender woman right now. Like that shit must be terrifying. Like you can't even go to the mall like that no more. Like, like you're going to get beat up by some Trump supporter kind of scenario. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's a really weird, it's a really weird place we find ourselves in. And like, and he put us there and I understand why people continue like believing in that's, this is like, literally this feels like, someone that's just like used to bad relationships like like stockholm syndrome yeah like definitely like you're just buying into the bullshit like non-stop yeah and one thing too is that i i keep seeing over and over again is this notion of blame all your problems on you know people below you so i mean i'm half mexican you're you're full mexican obviously um and one thing that he started his administration off with was, you know, blaming, you know, Mexicans for all your problems. You know, most of the Trump supporters out there are like very lower middle class to fucking poverty stricken, you know, white Americans like little town USA. Like and he's blaming all all your problems are because, you know, an illegal is uh, is stealing your job. All of your problems is because all these like, you know, crooked politicians are getting in because, you know, illegal aliens are coming in and voting for them. And like it's that whole punching down mentality that you saw from people like Stalin, people like Hitler, you know, all these like fucking world tyrants. And one thing that I was talking to um, a homie from the RRBG podcast about was um, he was talking about how are you still there? Art? Yeah, I'm here. Can you oh, see okay. me? Yeah. You cut out for a second. It scared me for again. And one thing he was talking about is, is that we both agreed on is that, you know, all of our allies are slowly becoming our enemies. Like just two weeks ago, like he was talking shit about Justin Trudeau from Canada. He's always been at war with, you know, Mexico's president. He's always he has beef with, you know, Germany's chancellor, you know, France, Britain, like all of these people that are supposed to be our great allies. He's having problems with. But the people that he's buddy buddy with is like Kim Jong Un in North Korea, Vladimir Putin in Russia. You know, all these like super dictators because that's secretly like what he wants to be. And it's just like to me, that's like where like, again, those red flags start to go up. It's just like, yo, we don't see any problems with that. I, You know, as much as I thought, I think Reagan was a bad president. Like you never would have seen Reagan fucking, you know, you know, rubbing shoulders with some like Russian dictator, or North Korea at all. Like that would never happen. You'd sell him some guns, but he wouldn't fucking, you know, be buddy buddy with him. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is terrifying. The fact that, like, um, was it the uh, Paris Climate Agreement? Like, we're not even really part of the world right now. Like, we're so, like, fucking... Isolationist. Yeah, we're so, I yeah, isolated. We're closer to, you're right, we're closer to countries like North Korea and, like, where we stand in the world right now. And that is one of the things that I feel like biden can do like for sure i do feel confident that if if biden goes in and everything's peaceful like i do think that he's would be 100 percent better at creating um just global relationships and you know understanding that we do have neighbors to the north and the south of us and we have to like maybe not be dicks to them and be racist towards like the yeah. people of those countries um so i do think that biden can do that and i think he can do a good job at that um you know we had we had uh when we had fred wall on we had the black lives matters episode um we kind of talked about how we all like support biden but at least for me and i know that fred wall like he was supposed to originally be on this episode we were kind of like shooting the shit for a little bit 
And we both kind of felt like, yeah, we're excited, but Biden very much needs to like do something. Like he can't just be coasting it and coasting on the idea that I'm not Trump. I'm like a well-spoken person. No, he's not even well-spoken, but like a just decent. being, yeah, like you just can't be decent. Like you need to like go above and beyond to like make sure that the people that voted for you are not going to go and four years from now find their new Trump or yeah. like maybe Trump runs again in four years. Cause you know, he's still allowed to run another four more years. So, you know, like it's, 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 he, he just needs to do a really good job. Like he needs to fucking kill it. And like Democrats and like liberals like really need to come together on, on this one just cause and even like moderate Republicans like need to come together on this one and like not bullshit around and like not really like like you know if like Mitt Romney is willing to like play ball and like you have like Green Party like big houses like Jill Stein like willing to play ball like they need to really come together because I think we all have very similar goals even if it's like if the religion aspect is the one thing that separates us like you know women's right to choose or whatever it may be like um like that that seems like it's going to be an issue that's going to be more difficult in 4 years to solve but like things like our our like medical industry here i i i'm a big fan of having eventually i hope one day we have universal health care which i don't think it's going to happen under this administration but um i do think that we need to like nudge our way there like we we saw how quickly you know how old is trump like 70 like 72 years old like a 72 year old man goes into the hospital and like is in and out within like four days and he's feeling better than ever like that's that's clo- the closest example i've ever seen of universal health care in the united states <laughs> like yeah. ever and so it's like that dude just made the case for universal health care himself i think i'm rec- are you recording this or am i recording this it says record on this it's tripping me out oh I'm but um, okay um but um yeah, the whole the whole that whole thing trips me out. I do think that we need to like take steps to get to that point where we're not just like you know the moderate like the Democrats feel like the moderate party right now. Like though, and I just feel like and that's that's fine for right now. I think it's working. Like it's the perfect candidate for right now. But like I think that there needs to be like groundwork, and and I think he picked the perfect vice president because. She is kind of like more liberal than he is. So I do think that that lays the ground for, you know, more liberal candidates like AOC and things like that to take over, who I'm a huge fan of. So I I hope that down the line we can have like candidates that I really believe in as opposed to just like think they would do a better job. Yeah. And I think we're both, we were both like rooting for Bernie, you know, on this ticket. But like the more Mm -hmm. I think about it, I don't think you would have seen him or maybe you would. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but, uh, but I do think that the country as a whole, like we're, like you said, we're so divided as a country to have somebody like Biden for, for all intents and purposes is very much a moderate candidate. I don't even want to say moderate Democrat. Like sometimes some of the stuff that I've seen, like his stances on stuff are very Republican-esque or very conservative. And I think in, in a weird way, like that's kind of like what we need to heal as a country because he's going to be a bridge president because he's 
you do have like these people on fire politically, like all these, you know, Trump supporters and their lifted trucks or whatever like that. That's one thing you can't say that like no other president has done in history has gotten people on fire for politics. I've never seen that. Um, even with Obama, like people were like all giddy and happy, you know, for like the first month. And then we all kind of just fell asleep because they're like, all right, he's got that. He's well-spoken. He's smart as fuck. We're just going to let him handle it. And we'll just ignore everything for the next eight years. I'll vote for him in 2012 or whatever. But like, that's like one thing you can't say about Trump is that he made people continuously politically aware. And I think Biden being going out there and saying that like, I'm going to work just as hard for people who voted for me or people who didn't vote for me as people that did vote for me is very important because people are going to see that like, Oh wait, he isn't this fucking socialist because there's not one policy that Biden supports that is even moderately socialist, maybe, you know, Medicare for all, but, but he was against Medicare for all. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He was against it. Well, and he has his like, he's basically like taking um, Obamacare and like, that that's not Ref- medicare for all like that's he's just running with the obamacare yeah he just wants to refine that yeah and i think people are going to be surprised by that you know that's just like oh shit and like even kamala harris with her like she's a very like you know trump went out and said i'm going to be the president of law and order kamala harris is very much a very law and order person like she fucking was throwing the hammer down when she was you know california's you know attorney general you know, some people, you know, on the right were saying that like, oh, she put more black people in prison than any any other attorney general. But she's a very hard nose. So I think people on the right. You know, it's, it's going to come out weird how I'm going to say this, but like they're going to be very surprised how much they're going to agree with Obama or not Obama with Biden and Harris, you know, these next four years, because it's just like they're not these they're not Bernie and AOC. They're not going to be super liberal or super you know push a socialist agenda like you're hearing like on facebook and shit like that these people are saying yeah and like i don't want to say like bernie was put like and that's one of the things that really bothers me you know you look at like um like miami was basically like red or like florida in general was just like a red state right away a lot of it had to do with like cuban immigrants and like puerto rican immigrants who have like bad taste in their mouth from when Castro was there because they have such a bad taste for socialism. And the reality is like, this is not the social, we're not talking about the same socialism. Like I, I think that Trump was using um, um, that Moskadov speech where he talks about like how he came from socialism and he like refuses to go back to that. And like, that's not the same, that is not the same thing at all. Like there's two completely different things that we're talking about here one one guy's talking about like medicare for all and the other dude was like full-on tyrant like they're just two different things like no one's saying that that's what what people like bernie or aoc want but there but there is a level of 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 uh like responsibility like i i talk about social contracts a lot and like the reality is like we are I, I think that as a society we should be responsible for like like the richest person in the United States should also be responsible, you know, the fact that there's people like that are homeless right now. I do think that there is a little bit of that of of like just caring about like your fellow man. Um 
and you could still be rich but i don't think that like i just think that it's kind of like shitty to like not care about your fellow man <laughs> whenever they're like suffering at their worst moments um and i think that that's kind of where where like that element of socialism comes from like um i don't know that that's just my take of it like you look at canada and canada has like universal health care like there's still rich people in canada yeah. like you're not broke like there's people that like the dude that owns the toronto raptors like that dude ain't going broke like there's still like millionaires there like like but there is a level of socialism that just works in society like that yeah. goes hand in hand with like the social contract that we have with with society and we have some of that now like we don't pay for police like we're not like nobody calls police like communists or socialists and all this shit like no they, it, they're, they're blue lives matter remember oh yeah yeah like it's blue lives matters whenever it's like police but like doctors or whatever like it's not the same thing to me that that's the point where it's like you know i found it really disappointing that hispanic voters especially and i I mean i'm not cuban or puerto rican or anything like that but like you know they still speak the same language and like my mom watches a lot of like the telemongo news or whatever and like yeah and like i see a lot of that i see a lot of those like fears and anxieties of like these people are communist and we already dealt with castro we don't need another castro and it's like dude like you're either just like not listening or you are choosing to be deaf to towards what they're saying like well, it was like we were saying with melania it's like stockholm syndrome you know you'd rather choose you know the boyfriend that, that beats you than rather than the boyfriend you think's gonna kill you yeah definitely yeah i i i do think like when we're talking about like these policies and whatnot like i do think it's a it's a it hits home because like I always say, like I was I, I don't consider myself like a Christian Christian, but I still hold on to like those values to where like I recognize what's what's a Christian and what's not a Christian or Christ like, if you will. Um, and it really bothers me, like when I see like conservatives talk about, you know, issues and they're like, well, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you just got to work hard for everything and not acknowledging that, like, not everybody starts on the, you know, the starting line, you know, on an equal, equal line, you know, every, some people start well behind that. And it's going to take some people, the strongest of them, our society to help those people get up to the beginning of the starting line. So we can at least, so all, everybody can finish the race. And that's a Christian value right there. And so many republicans or conservatives are not don't think like that it's just like well fuck them you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna break the world record and who gives a fuck about them and it's just like it's such a selfish mentality and that's just not how jesus works so like when i see a perfect example of this is like that televangelist kenneth copeland today like he was laughing this morning like some everybody shut for some reason like i mentioned him a lot on this podcast and all of our listeners send me shit about him i get but i guess this morning he was laughing in church very creepily, like about like, and the media is saying that Biden won. Ha, 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 ha. And it's just like, well, why would Biden literally was quoting scripture in his acceptance speech, you know, last night? And you're a fucking supposed to be this like minister, like bringing people to God. And you're laughing at this guy that's actually quoting scripture, whereas the other guy, Trump, can like he was straight up asked about like what was his favorite verse and he couldn't even give that you know live on air at any point and he displays none of the fruits of the spirit which anybody that's read the new testament like jesus laid out like you'll know 
you'll know that they're Christians by, you know, what fruits they, they have, you know, patience, kindness, you know, loving, you know, all these other things that Trump just has not ever displayed, not, not once. And when it comes to helping like people that are disabled, helping people, you know, that, you know, um, systemic racism, systemic racism. Sorry, guys, I got a fucking horrible cold right now. Um, like he shows no empathy towards those people. The people that he want is more concerned with helping is people that are rich like him or people that are richer than him that he wants to take advantage of. And a perfect example of this, the reason why I'm saying all this is because the difference between these two candidates is Biden and Trump is, is you take a look at the small business administration. When Trump came into office, the person that he appointed for the small business administration was Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon's wife. Now, you know, the WWE is no small business. It's a fucking, I, I mean, I got a cup right here and a fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin thing right there in your place right now. Um, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's pretty much a monopoly of, you know, the sports entertainment uh, business. Um, they exploit their performers. So they label all of their performers as independent contractors. By law, an independent contractor should be able to work wherever they want. They should be able to dictate their own pay grade. So, like, if you if you hire someone to do your tile, that's an independent contractor. They can tell you, I can do that tile for, you know, $800 an hour. Whereas the WWE, they treat them like employees, and they give them no health benefits. You know, they, they don't do anything that you're supposed to do for an employee. They don't pay any of their Social Security or whatever. So all the money that the WWE makes – they keep it goes to the McMahons and Trump put Linda McMahon in charge of the small business administration made all help pave the way for the exploitation of many employees, many independent contractors out there in the world. And the difference is between Trump and Biden and Biden wants to put Andrew Yang in as a special, a small business administration um, head and, Andrew Yang was actually on Chris Jericho's podcast recently. Now, Chris Jericho, he used to be, you know, a WWE performer. He now wrestles for AEW and they don't treat their wrestlers the way WWE does. You know, they give them healthcare benefits. You know, they treat them well. They pay their social security taxes and whatnot and shit. So Andrew Yang says what he wants to do is he wants to, you know, change those rules that are in place. We saw that here in California with like places like Uber and Lyft that want to exploit like their drivers and, you know, make them work long hours and like give them no health benefits and whatnot. And so I think that's the difference between those. That's a perfect example of these two, these two, uh, these two presidents is that the people that they put into play, like forget the, for a second, the, the actual people here, but the actual people that he puts into play. And that's what I'm happy with, with Biden becoming president is he, I might have some issues with some of his personal policies, but the people that he's going to put in charge in some of these administrations, I, I I've seen these names like Pete Buttigieg. He, he wants to put him in charge of the VA. What better way to get the VA up and running again than putting an actual veteran in play there? Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. I think that he's putting together like people that are qualified to do the jobs that, that, I mean, they're just qualified employees. Like at the end of the day, like you can't have, um, who is it? Ben Carson. So Ben Carson has like no political background, no, like he's basically a brain surgeon and that's it. Like he's a black educated dude. And he was running on that. Like that was basically his whole thing. Like I'm black and I'm educated and I'm super Republican because I'm wealthy. 
And like, that was it. And he put him in charge of like the urban housing and development, like branch. Yeah. It didn't make any sense why he was there. Um, and, and I think that to me is like the sign of a bad leader. Like there is no draining the swamp when you're putting your homies in charge. Like the same people that like you were running up against and like destroying, like now you're putting them in cause you know them and you know, they, they want to like be on the winning team now. So like, that's it. I don't understand people's logic behind behind that. Um, I think they see so, like the economy too, and they're like, "Oh, but he made the largest economy in the history of the United States," which is partially true. But it, for one, it wasn't a stable economy because a global pandemic <laughs> decreased it within a matter of months. Um, and then also too, he actually inherited that fucking economy from obama and biden biden was actually i didn't know this but biden was actually the one tasked in charge to rebuild the economy after the crash of 2008 and when you look at the actual statistics now i'm not talking about the dow jones or the stock market or whatever that's when people look at the economy they they fail and they look at that no you got to look at uh, you know the gross gdp growth of the country go go to go to the government websites and look at that and it was it was already the largest growing economy since 2009. He inherited that. It's not like he did anything special to increase that. He did give, you know, you know, rich people, you know, better tax incentives and that made them richer. But that didn't help anybody else on the bottom. And another thing is, too, that he likes to say is that, oh, you know, he's the best president for black people because, you know, they had the lowest unemployment in the history of uh fucking unemployment uh, and the truth of the matter is is like no it's not that they were you know you know succeeding and higher paying better incentive jobs no they were taking multiple jobs which skewed the statistics so you know you i i know someone personally who you know they get off of their job at target and then walk across you know the the valley plaza mall and have to take another part-time job at chipotle and take another part-time job you know down at the the shake shack or whatever just to put fucking food on the table and shit and it was getting skewed that oh okay unemployment's down because you know they're working well they're not it's not like they're working you know these these eight hundred eighty thousand dollar a year jobs with health benefits no they're working minimum wage jobs that may or may not give them you know four hours a day you know may work them three days a week and shit and to me like that's not a life that's not a good quality of life especially for americans no it's definitely not and like there's no health benefits in that i mean there's so many americans that have like no health benefits and i do think that it's kind of greedy you brought up the whole um the uber thing like um, that was one of the the things, one of the ballots that I was really conflicted on yeah. um, this time around. So I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. On that one, I I just reached out to the people that I know that drive for Uber. And they every person that I reached out was like, no, yeah, like I actually like it the way it is right now because I can just clock out and clock in whenever I want. There is no long hours. It is like you just – you're either turn your – thing on or you turn it off like there's just whenever you are available but yeah there is no benefits there's no like anything like that and that's what people were arguing like if you're working like an eight-hour shift you should have benefits and they are not supplying benefits for their employees at this point so um and i get that like i was really really conflicted by that like i was like uh, i don't know um they should have benefits if they're working eight hours but but it, it is a gig job. And I was just thinking like, I, I, it is very similar to like that wrestling thing. I actually think it's like 
it is a total contractor. Like I had a guy that worked at Toyota and um, he was a student and he was a full-time employee at Toyota and he worked Uber on like whenever he, whenever he had time to do that. Um, and he was like the, he, me and him, like actually, like I messaged him first cause I knew he was going to be like super like, like into that, into that ballot whenever. So he was the one that tipped me over and he was like, no, like, I'm going to vote no on it. So you should vote no on it. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so like, that's where I stand on that one. That one was like, a, but that one is, I agree that that one's, I think that that was one of the toughest ones on like the entire thing. Just well, because the, it's the other side of the pendulum was, is if you do make them employees, then Uber was going to come out. They were going to take all of their business out of California. Yeah. And that was such a fucking good business to have. You know, I think mothers against drug driving was, you know, for, you know, that prop because they wanted to have, you know, places like Uber. Cause you did see, you know, drunk driving go down because of that, cause it's so much yeah. easier to call an Uber or a Lyft than it was to be like, all right, I guess I'm just going to drive home then, you know, like, no, I, I agree 100%. I think that they saved more lives and I think I'm glad that they're staying and it's not uh, the majority of people that have Uber or either just have Uber as like a side hustle. Like it's, it's a definitely a side hustle job. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it's like, it, it is you're just doing it at your own leisure you turn it on and you turn it off whenever like you are available and you're not available like there is no day on and day off so it's um it's different it's different than even like a when we worked at target that we were like scheduled like four hours a week and it's like damn how am i gonna pay the bills this month yeah um, your life is in their hands like because you're an employee at that point yeah no i get what you're coming from on that yeah so that's why i was you know, I went full Republican on that one and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for the most part, like, that's one of those things that like, I, I, I didn't get to that conclusion just by like, like wanting to support big businesses. Cause I, I do think that it's important that like, what does the person want? Like, what do the actual drivers want? And the most, everybody actually, I wouldn't say most, that was every driver I spoke to, especially my boy, Thomas, um, he was a big Sofa King fan. So he was bragging to me that he went to the Sofa King studio one time. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I met Brett, man. He's so cool. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I, I, I haven't told him, like, I didn't tell him about, like, Podbelly or anything like that. But I was just like, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but anyways, like, um, yeah, I mean, he he's, like, a pretty, like, woke individual. So I wanted to reach out and get his thoughts on it. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, like, going, like, coming full circle to this whole thing like i i am optimistic like i don't want to just sound doom and gloom and talk about like how we're gonna have a dark christmas and all this shit like because for the most part i am very optimistic that 2021 feels like it's going to be new beginning. like a new beginning yes and like it looks like covid will probably be ending probably somewhere around march looks like we might start opening up things at a larger capacity around that time period so i i am excited to that for that and i'm excited to like kind of get back to like my normal life of going to the movies and spending ridiculous amounts of money at disneyland and, and things like that like um <laughs> and like that to me like this feels like progress like even though it's a lateral move like we were just in such a rut for like an entire year that I will take a lateral move at this point. Uh, this feels like that to me is like enough progress at this point for 2021. But I do, I do think that things like black lives matters and like 
like I don't want to say like defunding the police is something I'm in favor of. I would say kind of like maybe doing like investing in like more police training for police officers and maybe like having a whole different side because a lot of black men that are going to prison are going there because maybe they're not mentally stable. Uh, I talked about this on, I know for a fact, I talked about this on one of the episodes or maybe it was a Patreon episode, but you know, I see like black and Hispanic men and like putting themselves into like bad situations a lot of times because they're just not like mentally stable and like, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of times they end up in like really bad situations and like end up going to prison when really it could have been totally avoided by like maybe like seeing a counselor and getting like maybe getting them in like a a skill learning program, which would have like, I think everybody would be in favor of that as opposed to like putting them in prison and like locking them up for like the next 20 years. And then they come out like super violent now. Cause like all they know is prison. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope that there's things like that, that I start seeing changes in. Um, I, and that's even that I feel like is a small step. And that's why I laid it out like that. So it's just a small little thing, but I'd like to see like things like that. I've also liked to see like things like ice to be completely discarded. I feel like that is like a, a branch of law enforcement that is like disgusting. I, and like, I understand that there is like border patrol and it's like a necessary evil. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way it's ran and I, there's so much corruption in there, but that's that's going to be like a whole like that's something that maybe like two administrations down the line is going to need to tackle because that's too much to take on for this administration but i do think that like an organization like ice i just think that that's like disband that like there's no way that's like borderline like nazi gestapo kind of stuff like i do think i do think that like because one of the things that came up a lot that i was unaware of but i was made aware of is that you know the, the children in cages like everybody can get behind that whether you're a fucking you know a suburban white mom that pushed the you know every day the hashtag save all children um anybody can get behind the fact that we shouldn't have kids in cages and you know that started under the obama administration and that's one thing too that i want from biden is to start correcting those mistakes as well you know we shouldn't have that you know it continued under trump you know it didn't get any better you know, I believe there was some ridiculous number out there that 5,000 children went missing, you know, that, you know, came over, you know, from Mexico and whatnot. They're just missing now. We don't know where they went and shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can't have that. Like, we need to have more, you know, it needs to be more in line now. You know, like we, you know, if, if a child goes, you know, comes over the border with their parents or whatever, make sure you do keep them with their parents, you know, and like, you know, vet that out, you know, make sure that they don't get lost within the system. Like that needs to be a priority. Like this administration, correct past mistakes, you know, and that's one thing too. We can't fall asleep how we did, you know, under Obama, because I mean, for the most part, I enjoyed Obama as president, but there was some stuff in there that happened that I didn't agree with, but I was asleep because I was like, all right, whatever, you know, he's got this, he's smarter than me. And I believe Art's electricity came back on. Yeah. Did you see the light? Everything yeah. just popped up right now. It was like That's Jesus cool. came back and shit. 
but that's one thing I do want to see from the Biden, you know, Harris administration. Like that, I do like from Kamala Harris is that she is more liberal and she's more hard edge. That she she won't be a Mike Pence and just be a fucking you know pushover. Like she'll keep him you know in check with those kind of things. Yeah, I'm. I that, that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. I do think that she is the perfect vice president for him, just because she is super aggressive and super charismatic at the same time. And you saw that during the vice president debate. Like she, the vice presidential debates were like way more like TV binge watching. Like you could put some popcorn on and like yeah. watch that. The presidential ones were just kind of like annoying to me. Like I, I first of all, Trump is just annoying to me. Yeah. And so, like, to see, like, a, an adult and a child argue is just, like, I'm not with this. I'm not trying to watch this. But but I did think that the vice presidential ones were, like, really good. She was really aggressive. And I look forward to seeing what they can. And, and it, it is – a lot of this is going to be baby steps. That's why I don't think that, like, you know, I, I think, you know, I, 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 I agree that, you know, there's been kids missing now from – from those detention facilities that and they've like been separated from their parents. And I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed. And not only that, but those detention facilities need to just be over and gone with. I understand that they're doing a lot of that because of the pandemic, but the way that those kids are being treated right now is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I, that's a whole like immigration law thing. Like that's, that's a whole episode for itself. But um, um, yeah, I, I, I think that getting rid of ICE, and, and I know that that was under the Obama administration, but I do think, I agree with you that they need to correct those wrongs. That's, a, in my opinion, that was a big wrong. Um, and I'm trying, trying to think. Which I am oh. confident will happen just because I feel like, you know, Biden isn't like Trump, where it's just like he's stubborn and, you know, it's going to be this way. Because you actually saw my hope for Trump, you know, if we go back to episode one, my hope for Trump was that he would be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he had a lot of those bad political leanings and he kind of softened up on them because he matured into the position, which Trump never did. He just got more cocky, more arrogant, more full of himself. And like, that's the thing with I think with Biden, I think that like, yeah, he's done. He's done and voted for some shit in the past that I absolutely do not agree with. But I do think the more that he gets, you know, information, you know, from his cabinet, people that he trusts close to him, the more he starts to soften up on those things and, you know, char- starts to change his viewpoints, which is what excites me as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things that doesn't excite me about him is he was really pro fracking. And I don't know if he was just doing that to like get those like moderate votes. But that to me is like kind of alarming. That's like, bro, like, you're just trying to like pre- please the crowd, but I don't know. I mean, at, at that point, I'll take it. Like he is the lesser of two evils, and so like you know, it's not the worst thing he could be in favor of. Um, but you know, I, I just want some like sense of normalcy. Like, it, it, and it felt like that during the Barack Obama administration. But I do think that there was like a rise of 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 racism and like racist conspiracy theories, like the whole like birth certificate like movement that that uh trump started and all this stuff like i am i'm kind of tired of that like you know i've been into conspiracy theories for a long time and the first one that i knew that i was like wow this is kind of like weird and racist was when they were doing like jade helm 15 and like 
back in 2015 that obviously it didn't happen because we're not in concentration camps. Uh, we not we weren't then, but um, but it it just feels like this president, like Biden, can can put us back into like a sense of normalcy, and that is like I think will be enough for his for his um, term in office. Like if we just return to a to like being guided by a responsible adults, it'll almost be enough. Yeah, I hope so, too. And I hope a lot of this, like the stupid ass conspiracy theories start to die out because, I mean, that's was one of the breads and butters of this podcast was like looking at conspiracies. And we said it on the last conspiracy theory episode where it's just like I I, I feel bad for hamming it up on those because it's the, some of them are very irresponsible. And then I'm quite frankly, I, I, I'm starting to hate just every conspiracy theory that I see because it's like. Sometimes things are just people aren't always out to get you. And I think that's what people need to realize is that the government, I believe you actually said this while we're working at Target, like the government is not there to fucking continuously take advantage of you. It's actually an institution that you create, like you get the government that you put in, you put into it, you know, like whatever you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. And like, I, I think people, you know, working in the government now, like people need to realize that like it's just like yo like make these people work for you you know what i'm saying don't sit there and continuously make yourself a victim of it you like these qAnon people like these like republicans like oh if we create this big government then you know it's going to be cuba all over again and that's just simply not true because that's why we have things like elections so we can make change and move people out like donald trump move people out like George W. Bush and like that whole regime right there. So we can make positive steps and get good things from the taxes that we pay. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. I think that, um, I mean, I don't want to say like, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Cause it's like, I flat out believe that the government does keep things from us, which is, it would be like illogical if they didn't keep things from us. Like they're just now releasing that. Yeah. We do know that there are things in the sky that we can't, we can't like identify and we don't know what they are. We don't know if they're alive or if they're like what, we don't know anything really, but there is something up there. Like that just came out this year and it was buried because obviously Trump is such a bad president and COVID and all these things. Like it was like the last page story when like during the Barack Obama administration, it would have probably been front page news. Um, but I mean, the fact that, you know, things like MK Ultra are very real, like, you know, that stuff is a real thing. So I understand the the love of and the romance of a conspiracy theory, but not I agree with you that not everything is conspiracy theory. Like not every, you can't just chuck it up and it's like five G conspiracy theory. Like everything like Pizzagate is conspiracy theory. Like everything is just you can't just throw it in there and and say it's conspiracy theory without like actual evidence. Like, you know, you like can't just fraud. yeah you can't just feel like there, there's this old stephen colbert joke where he says like he's he said he was going to feel the the news to people and that's the joke where like conservatives like to just like like oh i feel like they're doing something bad and it's just, it doesn't matter how you feel about things it's like what is your evidence there's no scientific evidence there's no like actual evidence of these things happening you can't just throw it in there and because it scares you and it's different you can't just be I'm against that. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of conservatives 
like don't know when that line is being crossed and 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 it's kind of shitty because like i've i think conspiracy theories are fun but at the same time it's like i remember when i heard jade helm 15 was like i was like this is there's nothing backing this there's like video of people outside of walmart's and that's it and like there was no backing and in that jade helm 15 feels like this like this whole thing of like oh i saw somebody walking in with a weird box and that must be like voter fraud like there's no evidence of it there's been zero evidence and yeah people want to make it into something like into an actual conspiracy theory that's that whole q and all there's like no proof that q is even a person and like most most of those people don't even know what like like aeons even are and like they just want to attach themselves because like that's a whole movement that they saw on facebook now or some crap like that or youtube yeah and those that's we can revisit those topics you know going forward but i do believe you know this is a very important topic to cover because again it is it does come full circle you know as soon as you know the 20 uh 20 election started to come to a close and they announced biden the winner i got all these messages from people that listened to us saying like well, are you guys going to stop the podcast now because by because uh trump's no longer president i was like well no that's not the only thing we talk about but i think i do think it's important that we kind of close that chapter of this podcast again one of the main pillars of this podcast you know is you know talking about trump you know talking about the things that we don't agree with and whatnot and we'll continue i think we'll continue to do things like that even with biden you know we're both left-leaning individuals if you couldn't tell um but we want to make sure that we hold the people in charge accountable you know make like killer mike says make them work for your vote you know keep 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 them responsible so um with that said, Art, do you have anything else you want to add, like any other topics or talking points to this issue? Uh, no, I mean, I I just hope that people don't think that it's a mission accomplished and we're staying there with like a flight suit on in front of a giant mission accomplished banner. Yeah. Like, that's not what this is. Like, this is day one of showing up to work now. Like, like this is the beginning of like climbing out of this hole that we've dug ourselves into for the last four years. And it's a really deep hole because COVID adds a whole different element that no one's seen before, at least not in the last hundred years. And so I think that before people, like if you are at all like, Hey, I'm Republican and I'm just really Christian based, like, but you have your doubts about this, like Biden administration. Like I do think, (laughs) I do think that you should probably put your like, like, more logical thinking and think about this as like a new coworker that just got hired on. And this coworker has like a great resume and maybe give this new coworker a shot because his resume is really good. Like, yeah, like, and that's the way I think most people should take it. Not as like, as a religious thing or not as like a, like conspiracy theory thing. Like this is just a dude that shows up day one with like the best resume that any candidate had. And that's it like that to me that that is it and i expect to like pressure him to be a better leader than 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 you know i don't expect him to just show up and wing it i i hope that liberals and i when i say liberals i mean like those like bernie sanders aoc liberals and i'm talking about like green party liberals that should also be like hey we also want to work with you we don't want you just winging it and being like okay with things like fracking and ice and things like that like so I, I that's what I expect and I expect people to and everyone in the United States to like if you want to make this country great again like you have to work together you can't just like 
say that person looks different than me. I don't like them. Yeah. And like, I yeah. think that that's, that's what I expect from the next four years. Yeah. No more of this like selfish, like, you know, fuck your feelings. No more of this fucking like snowflake bullshit. Cause I made a concentrated effort. Not as, as much as I wanted to do that, you know, make fun of, you know, those conservatives that, you know, were acting like snowflakes or, you know, uh, you know, say all those things that we had to hear, you know, four years ago being bad winners. I was like, I made it a concentrated point not to be like that because it's just like, you know, that's not how you grow. That's not how you heal the nation, which we very much need to do. And watching Biden's acceptance speech last night where he says, you know, hey, I'm going to work just as hard for the people who didn't vote for me as the people that did. It was like comforting to hear because it's just like we need to move past this division. Like it's not it's not that serious. It's not we're it's not the fucking you know uh the confederacy versus the union anymore it, we're all americans and we need to start stop being so fucking divided like we need to come together you know i know we have a lot of conservative listeners i know hopefully you made it this far into the episode but it's just like hey continue to like let us know what we're not doing right and we'll continue to let you know what you're not doing right and we can come together and be better better people sorry guys i have a fucked up question so i can barely talk but Art, thank you so much for coming on the podcast via Zoom and not getting by cold and shit. Um, hopefully next week um, I'll be over this shit. We can have you in. We can do something good. Uh, but you got anything else, man? Uh, no. Tell your mama you boo too. Shout out to Alex Trebek. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, so... Well, that said, everybody, make sure you follow us on all the social medias at Art Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art Jacob Do A1. Uh, follow us on Twitch. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel there, where I'll put all these episodes on uh, uh, HD format. And then make sure you go to the Patreon, where we do a Patreon episode every single week. You know, I put something up there for you guys to sink your teeth into. Uh, it's a more uh, laid back, more jovial <laughs> podcast than what we uh, usually release as a main topic. Uh, but go there, support us on the Patreon, support both of our sponsors, Caveman Coffee, as well as El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Use promo codes America at Caveman Coffee and Do America at El Yucateco.com. Uh, tag us, tag them. Uh, go to Art and Jacob Do America.com where Art put together our beautiful, beautiful, beautiful website. Uh, go to T Public where we got all of our merch right there. Fuck, we are a member of the Podbelly Network where you can hear other great podcasts such as uh, the world famous Sofa King podcast, uh, the Piecast, My Age Pie podcast, Our Sisters at the We're Not Sure Yet podcast, Nerds on Topic, a bunch of great uh, podcasts, guys. Uh, so, with that said, everybody, my voice is fucking spent. I have a headache and I need to blow my nose so goddamn much. And so, with that said, everybody, have a good night. Good night.